This is Grind the Arch, Oral Histories of the St. Louis Music Scene. Hi, my name is Caleb True, and welcome to the second season. On today's show, I'm so glad to have James Flanagan, who was the driving force of one of St. Louis's most technically complex and polished bands, Waxwork of a Dynasty. When I first saw Waxwork, which had to have been at the Lemp Art Center sometime between 2003 and 2004, they seemed to have come out of nowhere, fully formed, and they kind of casually danced their way through a non-stop orchestral, proggy, mathy, screamy metal set, making the astounding half-hour effort seem no harder than a trip to 7-Eleven. Quickly, I had to know what the hell these guys were about. I wasn't alone. I believe they found their way, just as casually, onto at least one of Lemp's best last shows in the 03-04-05 era. I also tried to be in a band with some of the guys when Waxwork itself had broken up. It was difficult. To live up to what Waxwork seemed effortlessly to do took a lot of energy. Either way, we hung out a lot, James and I, and we worked our way through a lot of long-form, complicated riffs. Eventually, he moved to Chicago, where he went on to form more exceptional acts. Edo for one, crowning for another. With those acts, James toured the US, Canada, Europe, and Mexico, and has some really amazing stories about it. Nonchalant, funny, laid back, how has he produced so much intensely meticulous music? We get to the bottom of this mystery, one of so many like it in such a richly talented city. Here's James. Yeah, funny thing is, you mentioned the conformers. The first time I seen them, I was playing with my new metal band. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was at the Galaxy. The singer gets up and he throws on a horse mask. <laughs> and he's just making horse, no- horse noises into the microphone for 15 minutes. Oh, and, then they, <laughs> and then they just make a bunch of racket oh, for another damn. five, and then it, and it was done. It, and he, like while they were making racket, he was just like flailing around on the stage in this horse mask. That my- was my first conformist. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's crazy. We definitely haven't heard that story yet. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what year that was, James? Oh, God. 99? Fuck okay, yeah, that's so early. Uh, yeah, you got some like prime early conformists, I, which I guess was just some horse mask play. That's great. <laughs> Shit. I, th- I think they were just trolling us because you know we were all shitty new metal kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they ninety nine s- baby. They yeah. did describe their early years. Like I was like, oh, so do you think it got better in the in the early O's or you know? And he was like, absolutely. Like we played with a lot of like corn bands, as he called them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh that's pretty fucking funny that's great yeah um, that rules i think yeah. so i i saw them for the first time in probably 2000 or 2001 probably 2000 i think i was almost in high school um yeah and that shit uh, i mean it's crazy because they were like they seemed like old at the time but they were probably like 22 or something they were probably pretty fucking yeah. young you know yeah absolutely you know, to a high school kid, when you're 22, you're like, oh, God, he's so grown. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm totally, like, totally <laughs> grown ass like, man. Out of college, that's you a know? grown ass <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. And a horse mask. Yeah, so pretty much, you know, I cut my teeth on like the Creepy Crawl, Galaxy, mm-hmm. Club Karma, and like all those old venues. Then I got introduced to uh, the Lemp. You know, the Lemp was like ground zero for for everything. You know, and then it, it it certainly like improved my music, and I met like cool musicians and mm-hmm. and then uh pretty much you know after after that well, went out and started waxwork when did then, when was waxwork founded like when did when I, when did that I think 2002 okay right on do um so like going back before like even earlier than that like uh did you like where'd you go to high school a hancock place high school you know is that in lima that is in lima okay and, um, like, how did you, like, with m- just music in general, like, how, what did you grow up on? Like, what what, what got you into well, that? Well, uh, you know, in the, beginning, in the beginning of high school, you know, it was, like, Offspring, Green Day, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then, then I got really into hip-hop for, like, you know, three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then pretty much uh, got into, like, you know, 311 and stuff like that where, where, where hip-hop and and you know rock music was like infused mm-hmm. i got into that you know and the heavier stuff mm-hmm. and uh pretty much uh you know i went went from like the new metal rap rock stuff to like uh you know weir- weirder uh you know like hardcore and stuff like that like kenderia yeah. mm-hmm. and like converge and stuff like that yeah and, and that really uh you know influenced my you know, my personal taste and sound. Yeah. Did you ever play, do you play an instrument or did you always do vocalization? I always did vocalization. Sweet. Uh, yeah. I actually, uh, started playing bass a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. I, I like playing bass. Yeah, totally. I never asked Mike if he ever played an instrument. Um, yeah, it's funny. So people who are like mainly known as front people. Um, yeah, I just always wonder how, like, cause you definitely don't need to, but I, you know, uh it kind of goes kind of like it, it goes either way like some people are super super like play a guitar and like write songs on the guitar and other people are like you know they don't have any never need to had a need for that you know oh absolutely like like as far as musical sense goes i think i always had it you know as far as like ry- rhythm and stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but as far as like actually you know i always messed around on instruments but i never like played it in any band or anything like mm-hmm. that or in my early days mm-hmm. yeah and uh how did you meet uh like the people you started playing music with uh when you were younger well just through high school yeah and then uh you know you you go play shows and then you meet other people yeah and then people like come up and talk to you and you're like hey we should start a band i'm like okay mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah. yeah just basically just social networks and stuff like that yeah totally did uh do you have um so so what so like your band you're like from high school like what was your first band or even middle school or whatever our first high school band was called the moshing monkeys and we we didn't really have any songs we played like green day covers mm-hmm. we played this clutch cover which was pretty funny awesome <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah it's a band i never really even listened to but for Tight. some reason we played that right on yeah but that was like that song was like the first time we actually came together and it actually sounded like cohesive and coherent. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. hey, this is going somewhere, you know. We should probably try to write our own songs. Sweet. And uh, from there, from there. Yeah, from there we. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so we started this band called Mindshaft. That was like the new metal band that we played with the Conformists with. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we ended up, uh, you remember Extreme Radio? No. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, you know, the Mountain Dew, uh, I don't know. It was like it was like the more extreme version of the points, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, and it played all like the new metal stuff. And we ended up uh, winning a contest. Oh, we had shit. to play at, uh, at Sage in uh, <laughs> Pops at Sage. We yeah. played a contest uh, for Monday Night Metal, and oh, then we had, we won some recording time, and that was like our big thing. That's and so, tight. Yeah, we recorded like an EP. I, I don't have that any of that music anymore. Damn. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was pretty funny. It was it was, it was a good experience, you know, it was fun. And you know, it's good to cut your teeth on you know, just just learning how to write music and how everything works. Yeah. That's super cool. The conformance so Mike told a story about losing uh it might have been the same contest actually. Uh and like his story is about how they got kicked out of Pops. Um <laughs> For like, and, and like, but they were on like a bill that was like a contest, like si- similar to that. Um, but yeah, you guys won that shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it was hilarious. It's, yeah. it, it's so bad. But, you know, you know it, I want to change it any other way, you know. Totally. Yeah, I, I like would love to hear that that music. Like that's <laughs> yeah. foundational. I don't know. Just hearing, hearing like young, early James, you know. Yeah, yeah. What, what were the years of that then? Like so, ninety nine mm-hmm. to two thousand. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. we met. We probably met around oh three, maybe. Yep, oh three. Okay, right on. It's like the limp. Um, I mean, I really wasn't aware of. Um, I started seeing that name coming up on like for shows, maybe in like maybe late two thousand two. But like, I I think I, I was really aware of it in in oh three. Um, and then, pre- I mean, I started going there pretty quickly, but yeah. So tell me, so after, um, Mineshaft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty much after Mineshaft, uh, you know, that, that ended up disbanding, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we, it was funny. We were all like 18 years old and we had like this 32 year old mm-hmm. in, in the band. He, it, you know, he was a good guy, but he was like an ex Marine, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, we all went on to our own things. And pretty much after Mineshaft, uh, we got into more like, uh, I guess, hardcore or metalcore, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I made a band called, uh, what was it? Absolute Decay, which turned into Waxwork of a Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So we played yeah. we played shows as Absolute Decay uh, for like maybe a year. Yeah. And then we had a falling out and then half of us went to wax work mm-hmm. and then half of us or in the other half went to do, do something else uh-huh so like who went with you so the drummer steve yeah and then uh or so there's two steves in the bands the drummer steve and uh the guitar player steve okay cool and then you found another guitar player yep yeah, we found john parker mm-hmm. and then uh the uh, bass player, it was a hard position to fill. We got Adam. Yeah. I Adam, Adam Jackson at first. Mm. And then uh, then we had a uh, few other people fill in. What kind of shows did you guys play as Waxwork early on? First Waxwork show. So Steve, mm-hmm. uh, the guitar player, mm-hmm. Steve Wagner, uh, he, he went to uh, a, a South County Technical High School. Mm-hmm. 
and it was his senior year. So our first show was his like, uh, it was like a senior breakfast. Interesting. At, at, at a at a like a Ramada Inn. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah. So go shit. So it was at a Ramada Ramada Inn. So we go in there and set up and everything. Shit. And like you know, it's this whole freaking high school. Yeah. And like we we set up that you know they didn't know what the hell to expect and and then we opened up with uh we we played uh, two songs we played Cold War, and then uh oh I I don't know I don't remember the other song, mm-hmm. but uh yeah everyone just went fucking ape shit like nice like yeah everyone was just dancing and going buck I don't know it was it was funny that's awesome throwing <laughs> scrambled eggs everywhere and shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of the students were people of color, and they were just flipping their shit. Nice. <laughs> They're like, just, like taking off their shirts and like uh, doing the helicopter and shit. It was, yeah, it was, it was great. It was <laughs> great, dude. That's awesome. How did you arrive at like how you sound? Oh man, I, I don't know. We just took a lot of influence, and we're like big influence of ours was uh, "Lie by Mistake." You know mm, how they mm-hmm. they they did a lot of like jazz influence you know yeah we, we wanted to, to do that but not sound like live by mistake of course interesting yeah <laughs> so you know yeah pretty much uh we formed a sound around that steve wrote most of the songs and uh as on, on guitar and then uh mm. we we just sat as a group and like uh composed everything yeah, I mean, your stuff is super composed. And I remember your songs being, they're pretty long. You don't have a lot of songs, but they're long, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's one of my least favorite things about Waxwork, because I think, you know, the older I got as a musician, you know, shorter the sweeter, you know? Yeah. Short short and sweet, but, you know, it, it had its place in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, your guys' stuff was was uh, among the most complex in in St. Louis. I thought. Um, did you feel like there was a different like different scenes like uh, like the city scene versus like South County or like? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. So the South County scene was more. Uh, at that time, it was more like. Uh, Genty, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I guess like Mashuga, mm. Poison the Well, like chug core i I don't know how to explain it yeah yeah and and then you know the city scene was just like weird uh yeah just weird off kilter yeah and and manic i don't know i don't know how to really describe it but yeah playing at the lamp also influenced us a lot you know playing with like warhammer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh the arch yeah we always we always love the arch man yeah yeah, I'm really glad to have. I found some video footage from one of the Chung's uh, release parties, uh, and uh, like they sound so good in it, like the Arch. And um, Sean doesn't have any record of of it, like of them. I, I know they only have that that, that live recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and s- like, you know. Fuck, like so. I, I don't know. I just sent him uh, in the mail. I just sent him like uh, just a copy of the DVD because I had for whatever reason I had like three copies of it and like. I don't know. It's crazy that they don't have any recordings because they. I would listen to that shit. They're really great. Yeah, I. Yeah, that was probably my favorite band from back then. Yeah. How did How did you guys record? Waxwork. Uh, um, 
do we record with? Well, we recorded with, so in our rehearsal spot, uh-huh. uh, we had a recording studio in there. Yeah. It was Jimmy Gunn uh, Recording Studio. So Jimmy mm-hmm. looked, kind of looked like uh, he was in Motley Crue, you know, but, uh-huh. like, <laughs> but more grown up, you know, yeah. not, not so glam. But uh, wore leather pants and stuff. But he was a real mm-hmm. t- cool dude. He get, he cut us a real sick deal mm-hmm. and pretty much let us record whenever we wanted, you know? Yeah, that's nice. We were like, yeah, we were, like, right next door to him. That recording, like, it's really clean. Uh, and it, like, I mean, it's really good that it is because your stuff is so complex and there's the guitar players are doing so much and you're doing so much and the drummer's, like, all over the place. I don't know. Like, it's just uh, for that much going on, it's nice when it's um, that clean. I feel like a lot of bands with a, where there a lot is going on a lot like the, depending on how it's recorded, it ends up sounding like one sort of unit going in a certain place. Right. And like, like you guys, you can hear everything. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really like that recording. Um, it could have been produced a little bit better, I think. Now looking back on it, uh-huh. I, I haven't broke it out in a while. I should probably listen to it. That experience on its own helped me become more aware and better at uh, actually recording as art. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy. Recording has always been like I don't know, not not my downfall, but like uh, it's it's always been like hard to capture, you know, like the the live elements within the recording. But yeah, the more you do it, the better you get, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's super hard. It's so different from from performing. I don't know, performing live is uh, yeah, they're just two separate arts. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah it's just i don't know i mean people i mean i think people marry the two but man i don't know i think what they're really doing is just mastering both yeah totally um, agree so what uh what was the trajectory of waxwork yeah formed on 02 and i yeah. think we disbanded in 04 okay and then we got back together in 05 doing some different songs mm-hmm. like so pretty much when we disbanded uh the other guys were really into like for some reason like jam band stuff yeah and, you know, so, some of that could be kind of punk, mm-hmm. I guess, but I don't know. And they ended up writing some songs, and uh, I wasn't doing any music at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just working and biding time, you know? Yeah. And then uh, pretty much uh, we had a talk, and uh, we played some shows again, mm-hmm. and then uh, with these new songs. And I kind of did, like, uh, almost like a Fugazi-ish mm-hmm. kind of vocal style over it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. We I think we did, like, two or three shows under that. Was it in that first time that you guys broke up that we tried to, like a weird band with like Alberto oh. and? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh oh man. Alberto, Alberto, I was that guy. God, that was that the band had so much potential, uh, but getting everyone in the same room at the same time was just like a freaking. Yeah, jamming oh with God. Alberto, he's so good at so drums. Good. Yeah, that dude could play like every convert, every song from Jane Doe. He could like just like bust it out on the drums. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Of course, Jane Doe is like, I don't know. That's like a holy grail of like a lot of what we were trying to do back then. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I still yeah. show that record to people like and they're and who like are sort of maybe into metal. And they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's the album that got me back into metal. Like I first yeah. I was like first a metalhead when I was like 11. Yeah. And then I got into punk music and that like that was more relatable, I think. And then uh, my buddy Charlie Turner showed me Jane Doe, and I was like, "That got me back into metal." Yeah, for a lot of yeah, what I was gonna say was for a lot of people, you know that that record. You know, like, I think 
Kurt Ballou actually did some that that's the guitarist converge mm-hmm. did some mm-hmm. like uh did some like clinics at Berkeley where mm-hmm. he talked about his that certain style of production mm-hmm. and how that production of that record influenced so many so yep. many bands and like and mm-hmm. how they recorded too so yeah that that was a that was a turning point for sure as far as far as like metalcore goes yeah definitely so waxwork you guys sort of broke up for good in, in 05 05 06 yeah. i would say mm-hmm. and then i started jamming uh in a screamo band with with some other friends mm-hmm. and uh we were called inuma alish nice. and yeah we were we were a band for probably like two years yeah i would say and then uh we moved up here to Chicago together. Nice. Yeah, we started that probably in like 2007. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, pretty much moved to Chicago uh, at the turn of 2008. Yeah. How long did you guys stay together up there? Uh, probably a year. Yeah. We didn't really do much uh, when we all moved into the same house, you know. It 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 was kind of hard to practice because we we were broke and our neighbors would complain. Yeah. <laughs> would we try to jam because the, the the houses are so so close in Chicago? Yeah, totally. And our our neighbor was actually kind of cool about it. If we if we like texted her, uh huh, she would be all right with that. But it, it ended up, you know, pretty much falling apart. So, uh, me and Ryan were the only ones to stay in Chicago after mm-hmm. that band fell apart. Mm-hmm. We we met a bunch of people from the scene here yeah and we and me and ryan moved into like one of my co with my co-worker at her apartment yeah and uh we were looking for people to jam you know and and, and it was about probably another year till we first started to form ito nice yeah edo ito so, i ito itto itto right on okay what do bands do in chicago like where do they practice typically uh usually a space okay like a, like some big building that's devoted to like practice spaces and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's all divvied up and everything. Gotcha. So tell me about Ito. So when we moved into uh, my my friend's house from work, uh, she she ran with a bunch of like cr- crusties and stuff like that. Yeah. Like bu- crusty bike kids. Yeah. So we we got really into biking, mm-hmm. but we she ended up moving away, so we ended up moving into a punk house uh on on the far north side mm-hmm. uh and and pretty much uh we threw house shows in the basement yeah and Sick. it was awesome we had the comadre play once uh-huh. oh cool yeah that was, that was really fucking sick and then uh we had a bunch of cool bands you know and um we basically you know started jamming with different people mm-hmm. me and ryan mm-hmm. and then uh it wasn't called Edo yet we just we were just trying to jam with different people yeah. And uh nothing really got started until we actually moved into uh uh the warehouse from the punk house. Yeah. So the punk house was called Frat Farm and then we moved into <laughs> a, a warehouse cuz they were all in college, mm-hmm. a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh we we moved into a warehouse uh and then we called that Treasure Town. The first drummer of Vito was uh in a band called Coping. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And they kind of sound like Algernon Cadwalder a little bit yeah. and it was great we played we played a handful of shows and then he decided to focus on coping mm-hmm. so there's this other band around called the paramedics mm-hmm. which uh namdi uh the drummer of ito 
our future drummer Ito, we we met him through that, through a show there, and I asked him if he wanted to jam in Ito. Yeah. And he's like, yes, and that's when when, when it all changed. Namdi. Namdi's probably the greatest musician I ever met in my life, and nice. I had the pleasure of like jamming with, mm-hmm. you know, Sick. and yeah, it, it, yeah, and pretty much uh, after that we started putting songs together. Uh, it was hard to nail down a, a bass player for a while. Yeah, we, we've had we probably had like two or three bass players mm-hmm. to transition until we find find a permanent person. Yeah, and that's is that band still going now? Oh no. Okay. This like, is we're, we're this con- is only like yeah, go ahead. It's like indefinitely dissolved for now. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the years for Ito were sort of Yeah, so it would be two thousand two thousand ten ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the beginning and then to twenty sixteen pretty much. Okay. That's a pretty that's a pretty sweet run though. Mm-hmm. So, um what are you up to? Uh what have, what have you been doing since then? Uh, I'm in a couple other bands. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm in a band called Ikare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, uh, it's like doomy, screamo, nice metal, post metal, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, uh, I'm in a band called Crowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the name's great. Yeah. People don't realize what it means. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like two very different things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like coronation <laughs> and like maybe the opposite Birth. of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Or taking a shit too. I mean, in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> taking a fat shit. Essentially. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Uh, do you think there was a like a, a like a, a renaissance of like unusual music in the early years in st louis um, oh absolutely okay like uh granulina yes that shit blew my mind man the first time i seen that alberto took me to my first granulina show actually oh tight yeah when when yeah. was that uh 2003 i think okay where did where did you meet alberto for the first time it was at limp okay right on yeah that, yeah lamp was the nexus for everything you know yeah yes yeah it was it really was for, for at least as far as like st louis like mm-hmm. actual art goes you know <laughs> yeah yeah that you know that's yeah that's super true yeah i i never got to see them i think i saw 3d3 play which is uh danny and uh what's his name darren gray and like uh the, that saxophone player guy um but uh yeah yeah um yeah tell me more tell me more oh so i think i think it was a it was a club off of cherokee i forgot the name of the club but mm-hmm. it was like a real tight room mm-hmm. and we we're all crammed in there i didn't know what to expect and like i just had i don't know a religious experience in there pretty Sick. much yeah <laughs> and nice. there, there's no vocals you know but like the, i don't know the the way uh D- darren gray is the bass player right yes yeah the the way he's a front man on his own you know, yeah. without without even have to having to do vocals, you know, the way the kind of Grandilino was kind of like freeform. Yeah, he would like conduct it. I don't know, I don't know. It was just it was just amazing. I was just like, my mind was definitely blown. Yeah, and St. Louis always had the thing for for having like off kilter, jangly bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even more so than, or, or from what I noticed from the rest of the country, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, so it's like skin grafts up in up in Chicago. What would you say about that? Yeah, well, Chicago, yeah, Chicago, you know, has like the Jesus lizard and mm-hmm. the Steve Albini kind of thing. I think St. Louis was more punk. Yeah. That, and Chicago was more like uh, noise rock, you know. Uh-huh. So St. Louis kind of blended the two of, of punk and noise rock, you know, like the conformists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always thought of waxwork as being like a such a part of the music that's coming out of St. Louis. Really, really unbelievably like complex and good. Um, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. guys were up in there, like you arch, um, Yowie conformists, uh, Cine Nomine. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cine Nomine. Did, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the first time I seen those guys, uh, mm. they had a djembe player. <laughs> oh, you saw them, you've seen Whoa. them with that? I've never seen them with the, with the guy on the <laughs> little djembe. I, I just, like, on their liner notes, they just, totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of y'all play Chimney? Yeah, exactly. The five feet. I mean, I, I saw Cine Nomine. I feel like I've only ever seen them as a trio. Maybe they had a bass player at one point when I saw them. But shit, like they don't need it though. They don't need anything but two guitars. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they, they rip. Yeah, they super good. They super rip. What made your friend, like I'm thinking of like John Parker, like, like how he plays guitar. Like how did how did those guys come to be? Like what's their what's their whole deal? You know, they, they, they pretty much cut their teeth on the whole new metal thing as well. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, new metal, metalcore, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, John John was really into like like surf rock. Interesting. If, if yeah. I can remember mm. right. Yeah. Yeah, he was a surf rock guy. He, uh, if you remember, he played like a hollow body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, so John is the is that's the redhead dude, right? Correct. Okay, and Steve was the the other dude. Just looked like a you know like brown hair white guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Skinny. Yeah. And he he, he actually lives in Germany now. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing there? Yeah, uh, he actually got married. Okay. Uh, he, he met. Yeah, uh, he went over there just to work and, you know, see the world. And he he met someone, got married, and now he's a, EU citizen. That lucky bastard. Yeah, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah that's the way to that's that's one way to do it that's pretty cool yeah. do you know where in germany he is uh he's in berlin oh good well the berlin's super fun and super like you, you wouldn't even have to learn german if you didn't want to right yeah his german's getting pretty good though shit yeah i bet yeah yeah, yeah i don't know you guys were always such an anomaly to me because like like i didn't know any other bands from lime and like oh god fuck man yeah, yeah so lime Lime is like imagine the eight mile imagine a trailer park as a small township. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, it was very working class. Yeah. And very artistically repressive, but you know, sometimes under those conditions, you know, you get diamonds under so much pressure. Yeah. As far as Lime goes, growing up there is just pretty shitty, but you know, but it teaches you a lot about the world, honestly. You kind of have to figure out how to entertain yourself, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, 100%. Like, unless you want to do, like, these five things that are, like, <laughs> self-destructive or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, if you get, if, if drinking and, if drinking is boring, like, if that becomes boring and, like, doing drugs and, like, I don't know, just being, like, a bad kid, like, gets, gets tiresome after a while, I guess you have to, like, make some art or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, junior and senior year of high school we just got fucked up yeah all the time and, and pretty yeah. much we had our college you know everyone's college years are of getting fucked up you know we totally. had that in junior and senior high mm-hmm. yeah and by the time by the time we, we were 
emerged from high school. We were just like, oh, let's do something cool and get the fuck out of this place. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> let's go see some shit. Yeah. You guys just seem to come out of there, like, fully formed. Like, it, I don't know. Like, there weren't a lot of bands in St. Louis that were that complex and tight. Like, Granuline is one of them. <laughs> Yowie's another. Yeah. Um, but, like, what you were doing, I think, was uh, definitely, I think, more complex than what the Conformists were doing at that time. Um, yeah. They've gotten real, like, real weird and real, like, mathy in their later years, but, like... I, yeah, I haven't listened to, to, to a later release from them in a while. Mm-hmm. They're still doing it. They have, they're twenty going on 23 years as a band now, I think. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I couldn't even imagine being in a band that long. I know, yeah. Chris, the guitar player, is the only consistent member the entire time, but um, I think, I mean, it's fair to say, like... 17 out of 23 years you know mike's pretty consistent too absolutely um, but you know pat bolin uh he played uh he was in born to die played his drums in born to die and then he played in puppet show drums um at some point he's their drummer now oh really and he, i guess he's been their drummer for like 10 years at this point. I, I think i remember born to die yeah dude they're yeah. so fun Hell yeah. um, they've come up a lot because they were like a ladder i mean i feel like because they were like uh a street punk revival thing out of St. Charles after the fact, kind of. Two singers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, it's the only time I've seen a two-singer punk band that wasn't like like a Sasscore band or something. Mm-hmm. Funny thing, uh, Steve, Steven from 19. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he actually jammed with the Numa Leash once on bass. Oh, cool. Yeah, like we're That's like, awesome. hey, you should come by and jam. Nice. Yeah, he didn't come back after that. But I feel like he does oh, yeah. that. He de- definitely did that in Puppet Show, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think he like was like, you guys need a bass player. And then he did it like a few times and then like never played any shows, which is why I, I started playing bass with them, I think. Um, right. Yeah, super funny. Um, he goes up, my work is done here. Exactly. Just got to like lit the fire. like <laughs> Make it understood that a bass is needed. Where people are, so many people yeah. are just like, no one needs a bass. Bass <laughs> uh, rules, though. I Wait, don't know. James, did Enuma Elish have two vocalists? Yeah, me and Jeremy. Okay, cool. So Jeremy I stand Pollard. corrected. Yeah, I've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. Right. y'all were not a Sasscore band at all. <laughs> I was just thinking about, I said, <laughs> I, did, uh, Born to That was the only band I saw that had two where, vocalists that wasn't a Sasscore band. I stand corrected. Where did you see us, Jim? Um, Dude, I think we played a show with you guys. Um, Muscle Brain did at your practice space. Like, back. What was there a time where y'all lived in St. Louis, or did you tour yeah. with, tour with Latrec? I can't remember. Oh but we no! Played oh, we tour, we, yeah, it was at Latrec at a at a practice spot in St. Louis. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, we played with y'all then, and we also played at some punk house. I think maybe Strange Light, maybe uh, summer of like two thousand eight or nine, and, yeah, and y'all were it, there too. Or it was, the, yeah, I remember. It was the loft space in Chicago, right? I remember being in, in a it? basement. It was a basement. We pl- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure maybe, y'all played maybe. their show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So many shows, it's hard to remember. <laughs> Keep everything. Straight. I know, dude. I'm the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that Latrex show though. Uh, yeah. Our bass player at that time was horrible. 
looked like <laughs> but no one no, we couldn't find anyone else to do it there's a point when i was like you know i should do it yeah it then yeah. ended up happening basically really fun yeah bass is cool yeah how, how did you start playing bass uh i wanted to always play in a, like a doom band oh right on like yeah yes nice. so so i ended up doing bass on two records and then uh so this brings us in the current days. So I yeah. sold all my bass equipment and I got a bunch of a uh, bunch of like synthesizers. So I'm mm. gonna do like noise and samples now. Sweet, nice, nice. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Currently, I'm really into like like outsider house music. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Like what the, what defines like outsider house is like the rhythms. It's it's. You know, there's rhythm there, but it's not like dance music per se. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 hard to really describe. It's like art, art artistic house music, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like really atmospheric, uh, like hypnotic. Yeah, kind a little of stuff. bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely atmospheric. It definitely has the same you, you know same kind of building of ambiance, but mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. some of the rhythms are like off kilter. You cool. know. Yeah, that's super cool. Would Autecker be an example of that? I don't know if I know Autecker. Um, let's see here. How do you spell that? Autecker is A-U-T-E-C-H-R-E. -E. Cool. I've heard I'll them described as IDM, intelligent dance music. <laughs> I don't know if there's any crossover with that. I know that's a contended genre title. I guess they all are, really, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pretty much I'm in the screamo and outsider house music these days. Sick, yeah. That's, That's good a sweet to, combo. I mean, now that, like, band practice and, I don't know, just social things are sort of, like, hard to make happen, like, I don't know, having a way to build some stuff by yourself is, like, a cool a cool option to have. Oh, yeah. I, I have so so many things. I'm, I'm going to release a ambient record uh, probably late fall. Cool, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's like the, that's the, I mean, I feel like it's going to be the thing to do coming for, going forward for a bit is like going to be some crazy weird EDM from a bunch of people who like didn't grow up making it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's great. Absolutely. It's great. You guys see that meme that's like someone from the future travels to the past and it's like, oh, what year is this? And the person's like, 2020. Oh, the first year of quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Year so one. Like, I, I, I just... Year, yeah, yeah, year one of quarantine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I miss playing shows so much. God damn it. Man. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Tell me. Me too. Crowning out a European tour mm -hmm. uh, last year in the summer, and that was awesome experience. Nice. But God, I miss it, man. How'd you guys set that up? Through Screamo friends in Europe, we had someone like uh, put out some samplers for us and stuff like that, and. Uh, we played uh, Crimea Riverfest. Yeah. Yeah, which which was awesome. It was at, at this person's property mm -hmm. uh, out in r rural Germany. And nice. uh, pretty much uh, they cooked us some wicked good vegan food. Nice. And nice. Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. You got to see so many cool bands. And Sick. yeah, it was great. So that um, was that, that was last year. Yeah, last summer. Sick, dude. So that um, so you guys played Germany. Where else did you guys play when you were out there? We played a few, quite a few shows in Germany. Uh -huh. We played uh, Austria. Mm -hmm. Played Czech Republic. We mm -hmm. played France, mm -hmm. uh, Netherlands, and Belgium. Right on. Were you pretty much in like capitals like Vienna and like Prague and stuff? 
Yeah, yeah. The first time I went to Europe with Ido, mm-hmm. we, we played some weird out there shows. Yeah. We played a couple shows in Poland, and we got yelled at by some white supremacists. Because, yeah, you know, we, we had an Indian, a Filipino, and a uh, black dude in the band, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're in, we're in uh, Poland. Like, they're definitely, yeah. Where in Poland do you guys play? Warclaw? Okay. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said you had a couple shows in Poland? Yeah. yeah. Warclaw, and then the other one was on, on the border of Germany and Poland. Mm-hmm. I think it used to be a German city before. Yeah. Before before the war. Was it? Uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. That show changed our opinion on Poland because our first show was in Warclaw and we got yelled at by the white supremacists. We we're like, "Fuck this place." Yeah, that, that's played, that sucks. <laughs> we played this other show. It was a small town, but like it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a basement club kind of thing. Yeah. And it was packed. It, it was packed, man. I was like, God, it was good. really fun time. Uh, we played a show in rural Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty weird. It was at this, like, water park, or old, it was an ex-water park mm-hmm. slash halfway house. Oh, interesting. For, like, yeah, it was fucking weird. It was great. They were really nice to us. Kind of reminded me of Missouri. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. That's so funny. Slovakia probably is the Missouri of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Like, if Definitely. Vienna is Chicago... Then, uh, yeah, Slovakia, Bratislava is fucking St. Louis, and, like, fucking, <laughs> that's really yeah, funny. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it's just not, it's not enough of a thing to be, like, Germany or whatever, which is, like, I don't know, it'd be, like, New York, I guess, of, of Europe or something, but that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys, like, find your way into that tour? Our friends in Joliet, they're banned from, um, Mexico City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we t- we t- toured Mexico with them uh, probably uh, the year previous. Yeah. And and basically th- they've had a lot of experience uh, touring Europe, so we jumped on one of their tours, mm-hmm. and pretty much just you know shared the cost of renting a van and equipment and stuff like that. That's awesome. What's a holy shit? I mean, you've done so much. I have no idea about like what's touring Mexico like. That was my favorite tour of all time. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, so. Getting over the border was a kind of a bitch because we, we were trying to drive. You know, we drove all the way from Chicago. Yeah. And, we, and uh, we we tried to enter at Laredo. Yeah. We got the car over, mm-hmm. and then for some reason we couldn't get a permit to to keep to have the car, so we had to drive back to the United States, mm-hmm. and, and and then park the car and then take a bus. Oh my God. To Monterey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So we ended up missing our first show in Monterey. Shit. Yeah. And, and then it, it was pretty sketchy. You know, at times, because there's, like, uh, people in, like, back of pickup trucks with machine guns. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. But, you know, Joliet kept us safe, and we got to see the good parts of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. What kind of cities did you play? A lot of the bigger cities. We played Mexico City, like, three times because it's, like, so so vast, you know? Yeah. We played uh, Guadalajara, this place called Manzanillo, which is outside of Guadalajara. One place had an active volcano. In the background. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, tight. This is fucking, fucking tight, dude. Was it like belching smoke? Yeah. Kalima oh, was the name of the city. Yeah, Kalima. Wow. Damn. Damn. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, that was that was an amazing tour. The food was absolutely killer and so cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's crazy. I would like that's not even like in my radar to like think of playing like mexico but that like it makes sense it's a huge country yeah it was it was great man we we, we went as far south as puebla yeah because that's where joliet's from originally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and we got to see their hometown and meet their families. It was really cool. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so different. What a good, what a great experience. Do you want to tour like Japan someday or anything like that? Oh, I would love that. You mm-hmm. know, thing I heard though, it's like there's not many places to play. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it would be like probably like four shows, and I heard the thing to do was transition to like the Philippines and then to like Southeast Asia. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I would love that. You've toured Europe, Europe twice. Yep. And uh, so with these, was this a uh, these are with different bands though. Like Edo was one was one tour, uh, yep. East, Eastern Europe, and that was Europe your first time. Yes. And then also Mexico. Yes, cool. and then we got Canada a lot too. Oh, nice. Okay. And is that just like a route from like kind of Quebec, like along the highway, hitting the cities kind of thing? Yeah. So we called it the Iron Triangle. So we we start off in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then we'd make our way to Detroit, and then Detroit to Toronto, t- Toronto to Quebec. Mm-hmm. Or Montreal, yeah. Quebec City, and then we'd go down, down to the northeast, and then tour to the northeast, Sweet. and then cut back across. Yeah, that's that's a really nice like drive too. It's like a lot of forest and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. See, saw moose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are yeah. so big. Yeah, it's like scary big. I think Montreal's <laughs> my favorite place to play in North America, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That city rules, man. Yeah, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's so freaking nice. Uh huh. Yeah. Toronto too, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, everyone's sort of like lusting after Canada right now. Like, oh, everyone wants to move to Canada. Like, yep. I believe it. I mean, that's for good reason too. <laughs> yeah. Really nice people. Like that. That kind of at this point, it kind of blows my mind. Like, I lived in D.C. for like four or five years, and now I've lived in Seattle for going on five years, and like two cities with like two with like the rudest people. I've ever lived in. Uh, rude Seattle has rude people. Oh my god, they're so fucking like rude and like passive aggressive. It's like the worst place I've ever lived for that. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> DC is not a, not a lot better, but at least DC is like surrounded by the South. Like it's technically in the South, and a lot there's like so people get, are more cordial. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like you get like get into Virginia and like like where I went to school, and then it's like oh well, people are nice here. St. Louis people are so nice, but there's like you know it's kind of like bleak you know what i mean like right the forests are flat ozarks exactly yeah. and even there the water is brown and the trees are brown <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brown and you know it's just like yeah you know that's right. as good as it gets but it's like pathetic it's not lush exactly yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like nowhere near yeah yeah but uh, at least the i'm in st louis nice. sometimes but yeah yeah, the bet- worst thing about St. Louis, it's surrounded by Missouri. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking true, man. <laughs> that's it. So true. Yeah. So you've Misery. Been in, uh, you've been in uh, yeah. Chicago for 10 years? Oh, almost 12. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's enough to make it feel like home. That's cool. Yeah, I, I love it here, man. It's the mothership, you know. That's Yeah. Generally easy to make money and and do what you want to do you know and people don't judge you you know i'm 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 gonna be 41 in a few weeks here mm-hmm. yeah that, that's insane to me you know yeah I, I never thought i would be still jamming at 41 but here i am yeah yeah that's awesome dude yeah that's great um, yeah it's great the uh, we talked to ben smith and he was i think he had just turned 40 when we interviewed him um but like i remember uh back in the day like he always felt like a like an an older authority in the scene you know what i mean like 
uh, he had like a house and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, a grown ass man playing a paying a mortgage. Exactly. Yeah, that whole that <laughs> yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah. I remember like when I was a kid, how Chicago felt expensive to me. Um, but now, like you know, I like lust after I like look up on Z- like like Craigslist and Zillow and shit, like what rents are there, and I'm like, oh man, that sounds so good. Compared to yeah, like DC bad. or fucking, you know, for like a world class city, it could definitely be more expensive. See, the trick is you go out back and shoot a gun in the air every every couple of weeks. To keep, <laughs> keep the property values. Keep yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scare the prospectors away. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do, that's uh, fucking yeah. That's, gotta make sure to do that shit. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Fuck. Fuck those guys. When we were interviewing Jordan, who's also in, uh, I think he's like in Logan Square or something. Um, like uh, throughout his interview, he was like, we'd hear like the fireworks going off. He's like near Fourth of July, and he was playing the is that a firework or like an automatic weapon game? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like totally yeah. a thing. Yeah, we were in a fucking band yeah, together. Yeah. Do you remember that shit? Yeah, dude. We tried to make it happen. We we got a lot. We got a lot. Got pretty far. Yeah, we we, we got like what three or four songs. Yeah. Yeah, I still have. Uh, I came across our like trial recordings, like what we had recorded to like practice to and stuff. Um, there's some really good riffs in there. Did y'all have a bassist with that band? No, I don't think we ever did. So the only permanent members were me, James, and Jordan. Uh, okay. And that was part of the issue. Part of why we never like kind of coalesced, I think, was because we um, we were looking for bassist and or like a second guitarist. I feel like john parker maybe he had come to a practice or two that whole thing started out with like i think that was the same project with us and alberto and like john parker uh trying to make that work and then like going to jordan because like he was very reliable and like it was way easy just to go there and practice yeah Um, absolutely but then you know we still like needed more members and stuff shape that didn't get off the ground that would have been great in the end, it's like, who, who can show up? Like, fuck. <laughs> That's so That's much. That's half the battle, honestly. It's so much, yeah. It's so much of the battle. Like, it's really great if everyone's, like, talented and, like, really good, too. But, like, fuck. So, we've been asking people, like, if they have a favorite show that they've ever played. Or you can name a couple, too. But, yeah. Ito's first show uh, was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Our Ito's first show with Namdi was in St. Louis. And that was with uh, Capsule. Nice. And that was... That that was really fucking good. It was Capsule and uh, Anodes. Mm-hmm. Where at? Uh, it was in a basement place off of Cherokee. I forgot the name of the Cranky Yellow. Or A-Pop Records? A-Pop. That's where it was. Cool. Okay. Right on. Yeah, that's a really nice. That, that was a nice basement. Yeah, um, that that's the guy who owns or, or plays in Eugenics Council, right? I think so. Jim, do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I got a Justin. crazy story about you. Yeah, yeah, Eugenics Council. They came and played Treasure Town. Oh, and nice. Homeboy, Homeboy blew up two, two like, ha- half sticks of dynamite in the crowd. What the Jesus. fuck? Yeah, That's it was, he blew, yeah, it was, it was fucking terrifying. I'll never forget the show, but <laughs> it was Jesus. fucking terrifying. He blew, we had a garage door. Yeah. And, it, and there was a hole. The, a, a size a human can fit through after because like uh he threw one of them out and then someone tossed it back thinking it was just a normal firework you know oh shit <laughs> damn yeah, it was insane dude Jesus. Was insane. so so nobody died then <laughs> no no one died thank god <laughs> oh god did anyone get injured 
I think he got injured the most. That's probably good. <laughs> yeah, because after after that, like the crowd jumped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, smart. It was like a Gigi Allen show, dude. It was like a yeah. Gigi Allen show. Jesus yeah. fuck, dude. I heard that he pulled a gun out at one of his sets in the A-pop basement, and it was like loaded. I, I don't know. I remember hearing that. Yeah, he has a history of doing shit like that. Is he just a fucking edgelord? Is that his thing? <laughs> I think he, I definitely think he was an edgelord. Um, I know he like distanced himself from A-pop records not long after that gun situation, as my memory serves. And he kind of became estranged from the scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I don't know what that dude's up to now. Fuck. But. Yeah. Let's not interview him. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Do not I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Um, where'd you guys... May throw some dynamite at us. Yeah, right. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Jesus it Christ. would be the safest way to like probably interact with that dude. But fuck, yeah. fuck <laughs> right. that shit. Um, how, about, uh, how about the worst show you've ever played? There's probably a lot. I feel like bad shows is a thing that everyone has to go through <laughs> oh yeah I mean, yep let's see bad show or just like a show that was like appallingly insanely bad like you know yeah it would be in the same it would be at the warehouse again mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yeah so the door guy got robbed at gunpoint Ooh, jesus <laughs> fuck that's awful yeah 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 pretty pretty much but like you know if you have a poorly attended show, that's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like, as far as, like, yeah, we never, like, there, there's never never been, like, a fight or anything or anything too terrible happened, but. Yeah. But a guy getting rubbed at gunpoint was probably one of the worst shows because it was, like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's Because then, then we had to scramble and try to pay the, the touring band, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's always a bummer. I'm surprised the Lent never got robbed at gunpoint, to be honest, like with the money right next to the door the way it was. Right. That would have been so easy. <laughs> I should have done yeah, that shit. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> James, what's your favorite St. Louis venue of all time? Favorite place to play? Probably Lemp, honestly. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be Lemp or Old Creepy Crawl. Sick, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of biased because um, I, I worked at Old Creepy, but Old Creepy was... Just, just the most New York thing, New York punk kind of like, had that feel. It's like such a gross venue, but also like kind of one of the most welcoming and like, yeah, it feels legit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I saw a lot of good shows there. Yeah. That would be the secondary bastion for art in, in St. Louis at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they're just so open to so much there. Yeah. And it, like you could see any type of band, you know, rap band, metal band, mm-hmm. punk band. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Another question we've been asking uh, guests is what do you think it is about St. Louis that makes it a special place for like outsider fringe, like punk music? I think it's just the psychosocial atmosphere of St. Louis in general, you know, because it's mm. it's really repressive, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're not trying to play like, you know, 105.7 The Point style rock music, you know, playing shows that pops, you know. Right. People would show up and just show up for their you know their neighborhood's bands yeah and then mm-hmm. and then as soon as they were done they would go sit down right like it was some kind of competition you know yeah and yeah and i think you know the 
the the scene at Limp through through that for a loop because it's just like art is art, you know. You respect it all, you know. You stand yeah. there and you w- watch every band mm-hmm. and you take it in, you know. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of people I want to surround myself by, and you know, like-minded people create their own scene, mm-hmm. and that that's what you get, you know. Yeah. Totally. Lot to like push back against in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely got a lot of like different answers to that question which is really like excellent um but there's definitely some similarities like with what sean said about like tension and stuff Um, oh yeah and like the fact that it's cheap you know and people can like afford to make like as unusual art as precisely as they want for as long as they want (laughs) yeah absolutely like st louis it's like the Philadelphia to Chicago, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's, it's yeah, it's kind of like the same same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like Chicago's New York over there. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, like mid, you know, regionally speaking. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to afford to live in certain places and also afford to put the hours in required to make something really remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. I've been lucky, you know. I haven't paid over like four hundred dollars a month for rent in, in Chicago the whole time, you know. That's you nice. Know? That's awesome. But sometimes it's like living with ten people, you know. But yeah. right. You know, you always make it work. Yeah. You always find ways to make it work. Yeah, making it work is what that's yeah. If you can't make it work, that's it's always it's always the best. Like that's amazing. If you can make it happen. It's all good. What kind of dogs you got? Uh they're they're too much. Uh one's like a chihuahua, chihuahua. So that was our chat with James Flanagan. I want to thank James for taking the time to shoot the shit about all things St. Louis, Lemp, experimental music, and the greater world of touring, and for letting us use some of this still amazing waxwork of a dynasty music on the show. You have been listening to Grind the Arch, Oral Histories of the St. Louis Music Scene, hosted by me, Caleb True, and Jim Fitzpatrick. This episode has been mixed by me, Caleb True. The Grind the Arch logo was designed by Julia Hahn. To check out more episodes, go to anchor.fm slash grindthearch. If you dig this podcast and you want it to keep going, please rate and review it. If you have questions or comments, we can be reached at grindthearch at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.